May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. God's word for our consideration this evening from Matthew 27, we read. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to, be crucif- to crucify him. This is God's word. Fellow members of God's holy household, many famous pictures depict the crucifixion of Jesus, and many of these pictures portray a very similar looking situation. Jesus hangs on the cross next to two other men. There's a look of agony on his handsome, bearded face. Some of these photos have a faintly glowing halo over the top of our Savior's head. Many of these iterations have drips of blood from his hands, from his feet. There might be a small cut on the side. And though these paintings are portraying the death of Jesus... Many still make him look honorable and dignified in his death. Our reading for this evening from Matthew 27 portrays Jesus in a way that is neither honorable nor dignified. In Jesus, we see shame. We see one who has been scorned by men, rejected and humiliated. And we see how we magnify that shame. And yet, Jesus exchanges our shame for heavenly honor. Every culture has a particular lens through which they view the world. Take, for instance, our culture here in America. We often think about the world in terms of right and wrong. There is innocence and there's guilt. So long as a person is staying on the right path, following the laws of the land, they're all right. They're they're innocent. They have a public reputation that is good and proper. But as soon as a person makes a mistake, as soon as they break a law or one of those social norms, then they're guilty. But not every culture views the world through the same lens. Many cultures look at the world in a more communal sense. America tends to be a bit more individualistic, but other cultures place a priority on family. These cultures might view the world more through the lens of honor and shame. What I do doesn't just affect my public reputation, but it affects my whole family, my community. So when I do things that bring honor and glory to my family... Well, then I get to bask in that glory as well. But when I bring shame or humiliation, 
then it's not just me who's low and in the dirt. It's, it's my whole community. Let me illustrate this for you. Back in 2006, during the Soccer World Cup, France was playing Italy in the championship match. Things were tied during extra time when suddenly one of the French players, Zinedine Zidane, went up and headbutted a member of the Italian team. It was a shocking turn of events. Zidane received a red card and was ejected for what he had done. France would go on to lose that match and lose their chance at winning the championship. Many wondered what was going through Zidane's head when he performed that infamous headbutt. Afterwards, Zidane explained that the Italian player had said something shameful about his mother and his sister, and he was willing to break whatever rule he had to break in order for them not to be disgraced. His mother herself spoke about the incidents. incident. She said, at least he still has his honor. Some things are more important than football. Jesus lived in a culture that was more geared towards honor or shame. Throughout the Passion history, we've seen Jesus perform honorably. He never broke any of those laws of Moses, the things that would have made him look shameful and made shame come upon his community. Instead, we see a Jesus who does the opposite. He's willing to perform tremendous acts make personal sacrifices for the betterment of his community. He's willing to give up his life. And yet, his community will repay his honorable actions with shame and disgrace. They'll hand him over to the dishonorable Romans. It's no surprise to see the Romans having their fun with Jesus committing as many shameful acts as possible. If they would only punish Jesus physically, he would suffer torture, but no one else. But when they performed acts of humiliation, well, not only Jesus would suffer, but his whole community with him. We see the Romans mocking Jesus, hailing him as king with words that drip with sarcasm. We see these men verbally berating Jesus, spitting on him. Perhaps these actions were loud enough to hear for those gathered outside. And we see that shame continue throughout the rest of the Passion reading as Jesus marches to the cross, the ultimate object of shame and disgrace. On a cross, a person was stripped bare for all to see. There they would slowly die of suffocation. Sometimes it seems like we're picking up right where the Romans left off with our shaming of our Savior. We make a mockery of our Savior when we take our salvation lightly. We use our voices in ways that are shameful as we say disgraceful things, as we utter words that we know we shouldn't. We spit in our Savior's face when we refuse to stand by his side through the humiliation. When's the last time you had to physically restrain yourself from spiritually headbutting someone else? Instead, we typically are a bit more apathetic. 
and lack the zeal to stand next to our Savior. The Romans, they bent their knees as they mocked the king of the Jews, but so often we walk right past, not even bothering to bend our knees as we view ourselves as the only king we need. Jesus went to the cross to endure the shame that we caused. Through our actions, we have heaped up for ourselves shame. As we've shamed our Savior, we are the ones who are disgraced. And yet Jesus went to the cross to bear that disgrace. We would have rightly been ostracized from God's community for what we've done. And yet we see Jesus is the one who is left alone to die on the cross. But the shame of the cross isn't the end of the story. Three days later, Jesus would rise in glory. We get to partake in that glory, and we get to partake in Jesus' exaltation. As Jesus rises, he makes us honorable with our Father in heaven. He brings us into God's holy community. He's made us part of God's family. It's only through the eyes of faith that we can properly view the shame of our Savior. Those Romans, they bent down and mocked Jesus as king of the Jews. That's exactly what he was. Jesus is the king. And one day he will return in all of his honor and dignity and prestige. No scornful words will remain after that. Jesus is coming back, and when he comes, those who have rejected him will be cast away into eternal shame. But we who trust, we will get to enjoy the honor that Christ has won for us. It's through faith that we trust that Jesus exchanged his shame on the cross for honor in his resurrection. It's through faith that we trust that Jesus has exchanged our shame for glory in the life to come. Many paintings depict a Jesus who looks honorable and dignified as if he had suffered very little throughout his excruciating final hours. Sure, there's a little bit of blood on the hands, but the halo still exists. We see in the passion that Jesus endured great shame, great humiliation. We see in the Passion Jesus willingly drinking that cup of disgrace on our behalf. It's a humiliated Savior who hangs on the cross. As Isaiah foretold, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. But Jesus did not remain held in low esteem. Jesus did rise. And because Christ rises, we know that we too will rise. We will be with our Father, enjoying eternal honor in the life everlasting. That's what Christ has given us. He's exchanged our shame with heavenly honor. Amen. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.